Welcome to the Hot Young Designers Club podcast. I'm Rebecca Plum, your big sister. And I'm Sean Serha, your GBF. We're not that hot or that young. But we believe it's a state of mind that helps us build adaptable and profitable businesses. We rely on the support of our design besties to get through each day. So let's explore the emotional, practical, and humorous sides of being interior designers. Welcome to the club. Hey, Sean. What's up, Rebecca? It's a guest day. We have a very special guest with us today. Allie Faulkner is with us. Hi, Allie. Hey, guys. How's it going? Happy, oh, what the heck, frickin' it, Wednesday. Happy Wednesday, guys. It's, it's definitely feeling like a hump day around here. It's always the, the joy of the podcast energy. Is, it, it can be whatever day or universe we want to live in. And it can be our made-up world. So yeah, thank you for joining us win. in our little made-up world. Thanks, guys, for having me. Excited to chat. So I think the big part about the show that's really exciting is that in we don't always get to share a lot that's happening real time. And you have had a very busy and active summer and fall coming up. So we definitely want to talk more about that with our listeners. But can you share with our listeners what your company is and just give us like a quick lead on who you are and where you're, what you're doing right now? Yep. Okay. So what's the rundown on Allie Faulkner, aka AEF Interiors? So I started this biz about three and a half years, almost four years ago, which is kind of wild to say. It's myself and a team of five of us. I come from a luxury hospitality background and consulting. So we're very focused on the systems and process of our client experience at AEF Interiors. We mostly do residential interior design, anything from, you know, two room furnishing jobs up to full home construction and furniture located here in Costa Mesa in Southern California. And uh, yeah, the latest and greatest of what we've been up to, I would say over this summer has just been a lot of growth and I'm super grateful and thankful for it on the project side of things. And also more or less this like education vertical that I'm like stoked to be able to like help people and give back to this community. And that's on the horizon for the fall as well. So. Yeah, so you just, you know, just did... doing all the things. <laughs> just hot girl summer walks, teaching people. Girl boss real hard, like. <laughs> Casual girl boss moment. Well, you just did a mini master class for designers on your processes. And like I knew you were doing it. Sean took it. Ray he raved about it. But I just keep hearing about it from other designers that I know in real life here. And I see it popping into Facebook groups. Like, I feel like it got a lot of just buzz. Wait, Facebook groups? Yeah. This yes, is new we're news. Facebook I think I stalker groups. Yeah. I think I screenshot it. Is it in there? Somebody was, yeah, somebody mentioned it, like, to help another oh, designer. With that's something. wild. Okay, I'll see if I can find it. I'm going to screenshot yeah, it. Let me know. Yeah, I mean, so let me let me go backwards. So probably, like... I would say about six months ago, I was doing a strategy session because I am a firm believer in like nonstop education and trying to find ways to just like constantly fuel yourself and your business. And I did a strategy session with Tandem, Renee. Renee as well shares the same mutual love for processes, the business side of interior design. And she had said like, hey, you know, I... Feel like you've really got a really great process in place. Do you want to pair up and do a mini masterclass together and really like pull the curtain back on helping people fill in the gaps on what the process is? And I was like, me? Like WTF? Like, are you kidding me? Especially because Renee is just like, you know, she has such an incredible background. She's worked at like such incredible, an incredible firm being at Studio McGee. And for her to like say, like, your process rocks, I was like, holy smokes, like we really got to have something dialed in here if she's going to ask us to share that. Yeah. So I was super humbled and it was a really great partnership. And we did that mini masterclass. I think it was like a few weeks ago. And I'm not going to lie, I was nervous for it as I am right now, but you just kind of have to like show up as you are. And I, I was really happy with like the feedback that we got, but most importantly, like, as I've thought about, we talk about like summer and fall and we talk about like 
the momentum of business. And that's really where I feel like AEF is at right now is this momentum of growing. And as I said, whether it's on the client side or the education side, but it's always been a mission statement for AEF to help people do things better. So whether that's help someone design their home with a better process and doing that better, whether it's helping other interior designers run their business better, like that is more or less a very common theme that I'm kind of like embracing right now. So any Mm. like opportunities that allow me to help people do things better, I'm like not saying no to. So hence why I'm here. (laughs) I love that. Yeah. That's a big part of the the being helpful to designers piece that resonates of one of our central parts of the show is just, is this going to be helpful? helpful? Is this something that designers need? Like, can we help? Can we find a way, even if we don't have the answer? So I think, like philosophically, it's really refreshing to see and hear from not only like Tandem wants to do that, but you're looking to do that. And I know before we started recording, everyone, we were talking about how little time there actually is in our lives to be able to fit all of this. There's just so many ideas and all the things to do. And I know it's it's like that balancing act of how much do we go into helping like your team your clients and making sure that you save space for, you know, your husband and your dog, your life, like all of it. It's just a really careful balancing act. So we know that it is not like there's just an endless well of energy and time that you have to give on that stuff too. So I think it was great to do something like that mini masterclass to let just all the ideas flow even when they're unfinished. So just like a preview for listeners, if you do end up looking at it, we'll put it in the show notes. But you're really transparent with this part I'm good with. I'll tell you what I'm doing, but also like here are parts I don't like and we're actively seeking to mm-hmm. do better or change. And I think there is this sort of like fake world of like, oh, look at all these designers. They've figured it all out and it's perfect. And so I love when you share like, it's not perfect, but it will keep getting better. And this is where it is right now. And I recognize and perfect doesn't places. exist. Like... Yeah, I think I think that's what's kind of I wanted to take a very like human to human lens when sharing our process. I don't even know if that's a thing. If it is, I just made it a freaking thing. But when showing like again, this isn't like mini masterclass dialogue, but like I'm not afraid to show people like, "Hey, we're still building this part of the plane in the air." Like mm-hmm. we've got this part like of the design phase figured out, but this is this is what we currently do right now. This isn't working. We're always constantly trying to refine and make our process better. And I think that like the more we share with the community, the more it fuels like ideas and creativity on how to like problem solve. And if I can be like a catalyst to that, I mean, why the heck not? Did you had you been thinking about getting into education before that came up with Tandem? Yeah, so It's interesting that you mentioned that. I think that when you build, I always heard like, no matter what the business is, you kind of need to figure out your why and what makes you different. And let's just Mm -hmm. look at some other firms, right? Amber Interior is very known for like a a rustic aesthetic. Studio McGee known for that light light and bright, like airy aesthetic. And I was like, I don't think that I'll lead with why AEF is in AEF interiors is different in an aesthetic category. Mm -hmm. I think we're going to lead with like process. So probably about, I would say like almost a year ago when I started to look into putting some marketing in, into AEF interiors, I was like, okay, I want to market our process to potential clients on Instagram because 60% of our leads come through Instagram. And that's why whole nother conversation, but that's why I invested some marketing dollars because I was like, spending a lot of my own time working on Instagram, I need to outsource this and having that aha moment with data. But where I'm going with this is I knew that I wanted to help people. And I knew that if we showed our process to our incl- to our clients, it may as well help other interior designers. And so it was mm-hmm. kind of always a... you know They say to have like a three and a five and a 10-year goal. I knew that we were strong in processes. I wanted to showcase that on Instagram to our clients. And I thought maybe inherently this will be a great resource for other interior designers to look and use for. So I was intentional with our marketing very early on. 
and knowing that was a segment I wanted to get into because, you know, aside from building the firm, I want to, again, common theme of AEF is to help people do things better. I want to help people figure out how to run their interior design businesses better. And then my lofty 10, you know, five, 10 year goal is I want to build a tech platform. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, so that could be a whole nother conversation to talk about. But I was like talking to, you know, a dev friend of mine today. And it's again, going back to that common mission statement of helping people do things better. And what if I could then create a tech platform to help our industry do our jobs better? It's this like overarching mission statement of just like doing it better within this vertical of interior design. So and it's it so hasn't been like challenges. So been blind yeah, for me. Yeah. Yeah. I but yeah, so I, I kind of always doing knew. It. Yeah, I mean, I see you doing it on Instagram. Like, I think it's really amazing how you communicate all the steps and are really like clear and concise. And I do feel like it's really helpful. I think at the end of the day, it's like, and I didn't mean to cut you off there, Rebecca, but like, I, it's like, what different mediums can we create this content? Whether it's, you know, in a mini masterclass for an hour and a half, maybe it's a five second reel, like any way that we can, if we can have two purposes, if it serves a marketing purpose and it also helps educate someone else, like we just killed two birds with one stone. And if Instagram's the medium that allows us to do that, like why the heck not? We don't do any paid. We don't do any sponsored. Like all of our marketing is organic growth. And I feel like if we can accomplish the attracting our ideal clientele while also helping other interior designers within one piece of like content, I mean, I don't see any reason why the heck we wouldn't spend time doing it. I love the reality you just shared right there of like, because if designers are looking and they go to your Instagram, I think it's important because we all get in this comparison game and we think, how are they doing all this? And how do they do this? And it's like you, that openness of being, of saying, we have marketing help. We brought in someone to help us create content, plan content, get it all out there. It's not free. It is scary. You and I had separate conversations of that idea of like, oh, I'm making a financial commitment monthly to this person doing the work in the hopes that it continues to build my pipeline. And like, surprise, it in your case, it it's working. Not to like, spoiler alert anyone, <laughs> but it is working. Your audience has grown. You and I have talked about how your project inquiries have changed and you share that in the mini masterclass as well. But like, it may not be the answer for everyone, but it's important to acknowledge that like for you, that was something that helped to not be the only person responsible for getting everything out there and sharing content and coming up with all the ideas. It gets hard when you know you start thinking about, oh, how do I level up and move to a bigger team or more projects or bigger projects and still make room for all of this? And you, in some of our separate conversations, have been really good about sharing how I someone else needs to do this then. Like if I want that project, I'm going to need another team member to help do that or I'm going to need to outsource that because I can't be doing that. I don't want to do that anymore. That's not where my energy is best spent. And I know that that's always like a there's so much trepidation in reaching that point as a designer where you realize okay, this is a risk. Like I'm going to spend money to bring on someone to do marketing with us via like in your case it's not paid advertisements or paid marketing it's creating the content and engaging on Instagram and you right you still do pretty much like you're in control of the DMs and the mm-hmm. like responding to people but you have a team that's are is it a team is it one person i can't remember you have yeah. one person who does your one, content right yeah one gal mm-hmm. and she's helping you ideate schedule, plan, come up with captions. Hi, I need video for this. Like doing what a social media team would do, which is like, we've got ideas. We'll help you get them organized, but come up come up with the rest of it, you know, based on what you want to talk about. And a lot of designers are scared of that. I know we are. Like Rebecca and I have struggled with our falling in and out of love from Instagram. Do you feel like you're more in love with Instagram now than you were before you had Help Alley? Yeah. I I think that's a it's like a twofold answer. I know this kind of sounds silly to say, but I look back at like you know the last last year and I think of like really critical moments in 
the growth of AEF where they felt very risky. You know, I'm mm-hmm. thinking, of, so her name is Anne. Anne is our social media gal. And I think back to like July and I hired her in August. And I remember, you know, sitting down with my accountant and being like, okay, I've got to do something different. Like some, the, our leads need to increase. Something's got to change. And it's that moment where you like think to yourself, you're like, okay, I have this, like, I have this cash in the bank. Like I may or may not have this cash to spend in a few months from now. And that's a very Mm. real thing when you Mm. have payroll and you have a larger overhead. And it's really, it's kind of those like make or break moments where you're like, it's grow or die. Like we've talked about this, Sean, like it's grow or die. And I'm so glad that I like ran my numbers and I was like, okay, I'm spending 50 hours a month on social media at my billable rate. That's 10 grand of my time. Like I gotta hire someone like, I need help in this. So I and will say that anyone that's... an investment. Like an that's investment. like when you're looking at the risk, like it could pay off and it could fizzle, yeah. but that's where the investment word really comes in, I feel like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I would say to anyone that's looking at like, okay, you know, we need to grow or die. Like we got to figure this out. Something's got to give, like really look at like track where your leads are coming from. I had tracked my leads. I saw 50% of my leads were coming from Instagram. So it was a very obvious thing to invest in because, hey, that's where my, you know, that's where I need to spend from a marketing perspective in addition to my time networking. Because the thing is, is that hiring a social media manager, that, that time that I gave to them allowed me to fill another marketing hole. And that marketing hole was going out and asking architects to lunch, connecting with builders, reaching out to realtors. Like my social media gal can't do that, but I can. So if I can buy that time back and pay her to help me on the social front, I can now go foster these relationships. So I think there's like so many prongs to marketing, you know, social media relationships with other designers, builders, architects, you name it, of where those lead sources are coming from. But I would say that if you're looking at how do you start changing the quantity of leads and quality of leads, and if the if your leads are coming from Instagram, it's a long game that you kind of have to play with, you know, bringing someone into your business. Um, right. I would say that don't expect results in three months. Like I'll be super honest with you guys. I hired... And in August, we had 5,900 followers till April. We grew to 7,900 followers from April to now. We're at 24.6. It took us like, it took us like seven months to really figure out what our audience was looking for. That's not a long time for that kind of. No, no, not it. It, it felt like a long time when you're shelling out, Pain. you know, yeah. this money. Yeah. And you're yeah. like, where, but what I will say is that the, your follower count, why I continued to, to invest in this is from the time that I hired social media help from August to December that year, we doubled in leads. We didn't grow a ton in followers, but we, the amount of leads that came in was doubled. So I was like, we're going to continue to invest in this. And then once you really, what I'm trying to say to people, if they are considering hiring for social media help, that growth is not going to happen overnight from a follower count perspective, because you really got to figure out your voice. You have to figure out what works well. I'm, I am in the realm of the only the only way to grow on Instagram right now is reels. I hate, I'm sure that's like nails on a chalkboard to a lot of people right now, but like reels is how you grow. And that's really where we saw that, you know, 5,900, 7,900, and then up to the 24, five that we're at right now, it's, it's through reels. But I yeah. just want people to know that if you're looking at it, it's an investment. Don't, you'll, it takes some time but it's so worth it if you lean in and figure out your brand voice and your messaging. And I mean, you'll find a great partner to work alongside because I'm still have a big hand in social media. Like I have a big, big hand in it. I'm involved in all the DMS, but it's a big investment if we wanted to talk about like things to consider, but that's, yeah. And there's different ways. It's been huge. I mean, I think, 
to your point about your leads, like there's different ways to to have you need to set goals of what growth means. Like, is it just higher engagement? Because if you have low numbers, but your audience is very engaged and poised to buy what you're selling them, then that's great. You could have a million followers and really terrible engagement. It doesn't matter. Sure. And what are you really trying to sell? Like, I think trying to stay, if you just want to keep your stuff local, then you don't need a million followers. You just need a lot of the right people to refer you and Mm -hmm. hire you. But if you want to sell something that's more national, like then, yeah, the numbers definitely help, especially when you want to work with brands. From a brand awareness standpoint, where do you guys stand on the fence of Instagram? You want like over it, love it, hate it? I mean, most of my business comes from Instagram. So I have, I have to love it, but I'm, I individually am over the coming up with all the ideas. Oh, I should do that. Like, it's that constant like, oh, I have that. I could do that. Oh, that's a nice post. Oh, that could be a reel. And you're just like, like, <laughs> I'm over me being the one. It's like, <laughs> if you're the spouse who has to cook all the time and eventually you're like, but I don't like cooking. I'm so <laughs> tired of cooking. Like, So then the meals keep getting worse because you're like, tonight's peanut butter and jelly. Tonight's Campbell's soup and a grilled cheese. Like, Well, there's no I love in it. It's not as like, good for sure. Yeah. So like, I don't, I don't want to be cooking the grilled cheese anymore for Instagram. I I'm definitely over it. Like I'm I over go through it. Phases. I I need to do it. Like I but what's funny is like then I get great DMs and people who are like super like there are people local to me in Long Beach who have been following me from the beginning and I message with them frequently. They res- they look at every story, they look at every post, every reel. They're they're like my ride or dies. Are most of them going to hire me? No. But they're my fans. They mention my name to people when they buy a house locally. They they send friends over and comment on my post. You should follow this guy. Like They're spreading the gospel, which is great. And I love that. And that's what we need in business is you need like your raving fans who will always bring your name up, who will always mention you, who like you as a person. And they keep me coming back to the platform because they're rooting me on. Like I've met some of them at local events. I see them at the like Friday night food stuff. They're like, it's Sean. I'm like, oh, hey, like I know some of them and they live like in my neighborhoods. So I love that. And I I appreciate having that support in there because there are also thousands of other people who are nameless and faceless and private. And I and some of them do then hire me. And I'm like, I had no idea you were even following me. You've never engaged with anything but they're like silently stalking everything i say or do and they're they're just as valuable like i need those people too so i know that i can't those give up like on the platform the best clients yeah those are the I those for like. sure yeah they're, they, like they're, they're, they're like deep they're like yeah. deep vetting you right like a deep and they don't have time search, to like, like mess around yeah i recently hired a va for a few hours a week and one of the things she's doing is instagram posts for me we're kind of like slow starting, but it's, yeah, I just need like somebody to, I guess it's accountability. I'm not fully invested or strategic with it at this point, but I was just, yeah, definitely burnout. I don't like when people tell me I have to do things. (laughs) And I think that (laughs) starts to become like, I don't want to do real. I don't want to be Scorsese. Like, I can do it, but that's like, I could just spend my whole day doing it. I get too into the creative of it that I get distracted. So I like kind of have to stop doing it, but yeah. yeah. So, but it starts to get more fun when someone else helps you do it. It's just like, oh my God, I've got yesterday it happened. I'm like, why am I getting all these comments? Like, oh my God, I posted. I didn't even. Your dopamine (laughs) level just goes through the roof. You're like, yeah. I didn't have to do anything. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I think that like our, I don't know how other, you know, social media managers work. And I feel like people have been coming to us asking us, aside from our processes, I think a lot of people have wanted to know, like, what are we doing with social? How are we running social? How is it working? And it's, it's a partnership for sure. You know, I think that we 
you know, every Monday we have meetings, we talk through like, we call them like brain dumps of like different things. And what be quite honest, like it's interesting because we don't, we're not looking at within the industry for inspiration for reels. We're not really looking at like the industry itself. We're really truly coming up with our own creative ideas and thinking like, Hey, what do you think? Like sometimes with Instagram, you have to take the most obvious parts of your business and just like, yeah. Try to teach it like a kindergartner mm-hmm. is the way that I would describe it. Like the things that seem so normal to you, like people love to see and to learn about. True. And I will say like a lot of what Instagram has allowed us to do is now when I'm doing discovery calls with clients, it's wild because I always start the discovery calls with like, Hey, thanks so much for your time. You know, the purpose of this call is to see if we're a good fit, how we determine that on AEF side. And it's wild. Like clients will come to us and say like, Hey, I already know that you're a good fit. Cause I know you use a sauna. I know you run your interior design firm, like a business. I own a business. I see you. So it's so wild. Like Sean said, like you have all these people who are standing by the sidelines, like watching and they know about you and they're already ready to make the commitment. So it's super cool to see that we've used Instagram in that way to like really help vet our clients and our clients Mm -hmm. vet us and know that we're the people they want to work with because we're showing them how we're different and showing up. But yeah, Anne and I work very hand in hand on social. We talk about ideas that we've seen in other industries and how we could make that pertinent to interior design every, Mm -hmm. you know, and what we do is we'll batch content and then I have feedback that I have to provide for her in an Excel document every Friday. Like we very much have like a process in place of how we're working. Shocker, considering it's AEF interiors, right? Yeah, of course yeah. we do. <laughs> of course, everything's with Excel in a process, but I'm just really grateful for the growth that we have and for people who are, you know, rooting us on and following along on the journey because I do feel like on Instagram that we're trying to do something different that you're not seeing on a lot of other interior design accounts. And I really and you know just want to show up like organic and authentic to who we are as a brand. And that was what I was going to say is I think something that you do really well is you show up. I think all of you listeners out there, you've probably heard us talk about this, uh-huh. is you have to show yourself and your face. It's an intimate relationship we're going into with our clients. They need to look you in the eye and trust you. So you just got to put yourself out there and not... I think I've said this on the show before, but it was like the best advice I've heard on this is if you're worried about how you look, that's how you look. So just like, <laughs> that's just my face. Just I mean, that's I, what we so see. Look, okay. Like you go yeah. around to your life, like that's how you look. So who cares if it's on Instagram? So anyway. I think it's really great. People are already that. seeing that out in the world. Yeah. Like you're already <laughs> you're paper already doing that. Head. Yeah, you're already, this is already who you are. If you already show up every day like that, that's who you are. Let people see who you really are. I, I love just that idea of like, don't, don't keep trying to do the thing. You've been really good about that. You and I have had everybody, just so you know, like really like we walk the top, like we, we do this. Ali and I met in a Bedrosian's tile, like (laughs) in the middle of the pandemic, like, Picking a up human. tile samples. She was like, are you Sean? And this was like very early in the podcast life. So like, it was just like meet in person. Okay, let's start talking. Like, uh, there's truly, it's like, and from the beginning, you've been really clear about like, I can't, like you were saying like, how long does it take this person to do your CAD? And you're like, well, I don't do CAD. So I don't, I don't know. Is that a normal amount of time? Like, should I be doing that? And like in the same way that you've gotten out of your way on social media, you've also learned like, I can't be the person trying to make floor plans or elevations. I can't be the person trying to create technical details, but I can edit it, make sure the client's taken care of, market my business and do keep those people on my team paid for, which is like a lot of pressure as a designer where you realize I could be trying to do floor plans and elevations and schedules or... I can help someone else make the best quality work possible to put in front of my clients. And I'm getting more money, you know, and more profitability to be able to have those people help me. And you said you have a team of five now. 
does that include you? It's five with you, or is it you plus five? Me plus five. Okay. So plus your social can you break media down? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Break it down. Can you can you just tell us like what positions you have on the team? Sure. So it's me, bookkeeper. I have a senior designer. I have a designer. I have my social media gal, and then. I have a purchasing and operations manager who is our newest addition to the team. Mm-hmm. And your senior designer came on like not recent-ish. Yes. I mean, in the grand scheme of things, right? Yeah. So I hired, just to give you like a recent, like it kind of is a testament to our growth. I hired our social media gal August last year. We hired our senior designer back in February, and then we just hired our ops and purchasing manager back in June. Yeah, that's a lot. That headcount is it, it, saying it out loud. I'm like, ooh, that was a lot. <laughs> that's a lot of salary. Yeah. yeah, and then you hit that point where then you have to like double it. Like if you keep yeah. going, then it's like you need, it starts getting yeah. exponential, I think, too. How many but, projects are you working on right now yeah. with that team? We have 17. And they're all various phases of like, I feel like everyone. (laughs) Yeah, we've got a, you know, some projects can be as small as, you know, two rooms that we're furnishing to a single kitchen to full homes and furnishing jobs. I would say between the two girls, they're each running. I usually say the sweet spot is between like seven to 10 projects each. Mm. So I feel pretty good about where we're at. And like when I, in regards to like just touching on like hiring and leads and projects, like it's just so everyone knows, like it is a, you are not alone if you are scared to hire, you know, like back yeah. in, back in January, I'll be super honest and I'll, you know, sh- show some vulnerability and humility. Like I had forecasted for this year how many leads I needed at a certain conversion rate based off of last year. And I was like, okay, January, I'm going to need nine leads to come through. And I was like, okay, we're also going to start interviewing. We need to hire. And we get to the end of the month and our goal was nine leads and we had three. And I'm like in in deep with like this interview process for the senior designer. And I'm like, can we just like put this on pause real quick? Like, I'd really love to move forward with an offer, but like this month and the start of the year isn't as exactly as I anticipated. Push comes to shove. I was kind of in a situation where it was like, I hire her or she's going to go somewhere else. And it's really those Mm -hmm. moments where like the, I think there's a balance in being a business owner of like looking at, looking at your data and also measuring something that isn't as like that you can't quantify which is momentum like your gut and in mm-hmm. from a quant like from a qua- quantifiable standpoint i only had three leads but my gut was like i can feel it like it's got to come like what's going <laughs> to like i again grow or die like same thing what i did with when i hired a social person it was like you have there's some things where i think it's super important to know your data but then i also think sometimes you do have to trust your gut and i look back now and mm-hmm. i'm like holy crap if i didn't hire that senior designer like there's no way we would have been able to handle the the amount of growth that we've had since april with instagram so there is sometimes where i think when you're looking at hiring it's important to look at your numbers, but there's also something that you can't quantify about your gut and momentum and the relationships that you've built that may end up coming further on down the pipeline. Yeah. And other efforts you have going, like you had started doing the social media. So you also kind of had that like, okay, this is kicking in. Like you yeah, don't have the yeah. data, like it's not hard yet, but I feel it happening. It was so I mean, scary. This is that whole like thing on it's betting on yourself. You're betting on like I feel like it's out there. The work ethic is there. The I want to do the work. We're willing to do the work. We can do the work. We just I'm betting on us. Like, and that's a really hard step to take. And I know there's a woo woo side to this, which is like the manifestation element of it all. Of like I'm I'm building it because they will come, and I know they're just waiting for it. And I'm gonna lean into the growth phase. And it is wildly intimidating and frightening and scary. And, you know, 
I, I have shared that like, yeah, it's that decision of like, am I going to pay myself or am I going to pay this That's person and keep the work going? Like literally, <laughs> literally I was like, hmm, what's going to happen the next few months if I end up deciding to hire this person? Like you do have to bet on yourself and like yeah. trust what you put into the business. And it's really as silly as it sounds. I feel like I was at kind of in a grow, grow or die, grow or bust mentality this last year. And sometimes you have to make those investments and hope that they pay off. And fortunately they did pay off. But I do think that like I was making those risks, very like calculated and informed risks as well by evaluating where our leads were coming from, making sure that it was worth the investment from into investing into social media, looking at like, okay, well, we already have invested in social media. Those leads will come. Like, let's make this investment and hire a senior designer. It's not like I was just like flying by the seat of my pants and jumping off the bridge. Like I had a life vest on and push came to shove. So, um, (laughs) um, but yeah, it's, I'm just really grateful for those like pivotal moments. And quite honestly, like the community around me, like I was able to like call Sean and be like, Sean, what do I do? Please. Like, and that's really just like, we have to like let each other know of like, everything's not petals and roses. Like we need to have other people to lean on in this industry to be like, can I get your hot take for a second? Like, do you have a minute? And like, it's been so huge for me as a business owner to have those relationships within the industry to not feel alone because there's only so much I can ask like my husband and like my friends around me. So like really finding your tribe and your community because my husband can only handle so much. Like God bless him. He's a saint, but like, he's just like, Allie, I don't, you, you looked at the spreadsheet five times. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I've Can we have a glass out, of wine? Yeah, like, I gave yeah. you my answer. So, well, and I we're just, all like, good at different things. Like we it. all, we all come with different tools and expertise from our lives. That, yeah, different friends are going to have different in- information for you. For sure. So, if you don't have your tribe, you guys better get it in check and find your people. Get it. Is what I'm trying to say. Get it. Get it. Join yeah. loyal hotties. That's what we're doing. That's what we're building there. And people are already <laughs> making connections. Like, yeah. Yeah, that's it. It's I critical. mean, you guys are building something so cool that like it's not just what you're like sharing, but it's also the community amongst each other. Like, I look at our leads. This this sounds kind of silly to say, but like I ran through our leads that we've converted this year, and like two of our 16 clients came from other designers. Like, mm, yeah. interesting. Yeah. Like, Mine, they came from my biggest ones come from other designers for sure. Yeah. They, I think it's super important. Like, especially if you're looking to grow, like, look to partner, to look to partner or, you know, make, make friendly with other designers that may be mm-hmm. larger than you, you know, that like don't have yeah. capacity to take on the onesie twosies. Like, exactly. find those people, like, par- you know, you can offer value to them in other ways by like share, like being a sounding board, like sharing about your business. Like in general, I think we want to help people. We don't want to tell clients no. So if we can have someone that we believe in, that's like an extension of our values and our brand that we can point them in the right direction. Like it's a great way of being able to like, not feel like you're saying no to a client and point them in the right direction. What I think is really a key to that working, especially, is us being able to go to those other... Like You kind of touched on this when you were talking about getting out and networking with builders, developers, architects, whoever. And the same idea, talking to other designers and being able to say, I would really love to fill... I'm looking for like two more three-room or larger projects this year. Especially if you're talking to someone who's like, I'm doing whole home and I'm only doing whole home. Yeah, yeah, my you minimum know they're getting is inquiries. Not that. Yeah, like you know they're getting those inquiries. So tell them, I would really love to fill with this. You don't have to say, give me your business, whatever, but like even just saying it gets people to realize, oh, Ali's open to talking about those projects with people. Great. I'm gonna send them over. I last week talked to one of my draftsmen and he was like, We were just doing an update on another project he's doing, and I was He's like, how is it going? I'm like, oh, I would, re- I'm really would love something that's like three room plus, you know, finishes and furniture. And then 
I, two days later, he didn't even tell me he's sending them. It's a client he's working on with this remodel plan. And he's like, I'm sending them to you. All we've had so far is a discovery call. I can't give you all the results yet. But it's just like, all it takes is someone just saying, hi, I'm only doing the like floor planning of this, but I'm not designing your finishes and materials. Here are some names you should call and talk to. And she was starting to do her due diligence. But I don't believe for a minute that he would have passed along my name if we hadn't just talked about that I am still actively looking for projects to fill up the end of my year. Like, There's no way he would have done that. It has to be like front of mind all the time of, I'm looking to fill this out. We'd love to do this. I just hired... Like in your case, we just hired another designer. So we have space to do more projects. And letting people know we're available and looking for business is part of that constant reminder we need to put out there, whether it's other designers or other industry professionals to know that this is what we want. This is who we want to talk to. And your audience on Instagram, like they'll help too. For sure. I saw it and um, I just wanted to say, oh, yeah. I saw you out there manifesting your hotel. I, I love say, it. I'm, I like, I don't know if it's woo woo, manifest, whatever. Like, again, same thing. You just never know. I feel like if you put it out there and I, same thing, like maybe someone would have no idea that I come with. AEF Interiors comes with that skill and that background. And aside yeah. from us coming from luxury hospitality, but I think that you kind of got to be an advocate for yourself, especially in mm-hmm. like the world of like, I think like in the real, realtor world too, they a lot of the times think that like a lot of designers do only do whole home. So like opening that, you know, door and saying like, hey, if you're ever looking for someone, you know, as a design firm, if you're just trying to get your foot in the door, or uh, mm-hmm. again, just taking on those size projects, reminding people that that's the type of work that you take on and that you're open to that type of work. I mean, I'll use last year as an example. Like I had a project that had, I don't know, we'll say 250000 in furniture that got put on pause. And instead of trying to go hunt for one project to fill that, I was like, well, let's do, what is that? Eight living rooms. Let's find <laughs> eight living rooms. You know, let's put it I out did. there. Bring those people together. Like Yeah. Sometimes it's easier to find eight living rooms than it is to find focus. one one two hundred fifty thousand dollar job. Mm. We were able to pull it off. But where I'm going with this is like from a networking perspective, I think there's so many prongs of how you can be networking and adding value to those people as well. And I think just saying too from a networking perspective, like asking builders and asking architects to lunch, like you may the way that I always kind of frame it up in my head is like, yeah, I don't have a job for them right now, especially earlier on in my career. But what I would say is like, hey, I'd love to go to lunch. I'd love to grab coffee. As we continue to grow and we are considered for these larger scale projects, I want to have great referrals that are like-minded and have the same level of integrity. Just be honest with them. Like, hey, I don't have that type of work right now. But as we continue to grow, I want to have those relationships ready Mm-hmm. So that we can call upon those resources. You don't have to be doing new builds and then start to be, build relationships with architects. You can start planting that seed much earlier on. And the right, right. people will want to meet with you. And so that when you are ready for that to take that step in your business, you already have the right resources and relationships in place. And then during those conversations and those meetings, you can also show them your value if they wanted to possibly throw you a bone. But I always go into those meetings thinking, how can I help them more than anything? Yeah. I mean, that's sort of the, you're not expecting something in return and that, and really meaning that. Like, that's, I'm fine leaving. You know, because that's some, so much of that, like almost like cold brain. call type of behavior is like, what, what am I going to get out of it? And that does feel that way. But you, to go in genuinely saying, I'm I'm going to leave today knowing nothing. Like I won't mm-hmm. get anything out of it. I'm not walking away with anything tangible and I'm totally at peace and okay with that. And really meaning it is sure. hard for a lot of people. So to go and just truly I'm being giving freely of my time and my energy and my, my you know whatever I can give to talk to that. That's truly the value of like authentic networking. Mm-hmm. That I, it's the opposite of that sort of corporatized networking, which is like how many cards can I collect and who can give me a discount or who gives me something for free. 
that's just not going to get us anywhere. It just doesn't work. Sure. I'll talk about two really cool like networking things that I do. Actually, three. Because I I really believe in like networking. And you know, I I moved here just to give you some perspective. Like I moved here five years ago. I'm not from here. I lived in the Midwest. I started an interior design business four years ago in a city that I'm not from. And a lot of that is contributed to Instagram and social media, which we've talked about, but a lot of it's networking. And mm-hmm. I'll give you a few examples of the type of networking that I think is effective. So for example, I went and got my ring cleaned and appraised at a jeweler, right? And I start talking to the guy, he owns the place. And I was like, oh, you know, casually had brought up like, oh, I own an interior design firm, blah, 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 blah. He's like, oh, I'm doing my house. And I was like, mm-hmm. instead of me being like, oh, do you have a designer? I was like, oh, cool. Like, can I see photos? And I was like, did you have anyone on your job you really liked working with? And he's like, yeah, I did. And I was like, oh, like, can you share those people with me? I then went out and reached out to them on Instagram. I was like, hey, I met, you know, this, I met, let's say Bob, he spoke really highly of you. I'd love to connect and grab coffee one day, like so on and so forth. That happened, I think like a year and a half ago. Fast forward to now, I just created that relationship with that architect on Instagram. We started to just keep up with each other. He referred us to one of our largest jobs to date right now, full mm-hmm. circle. Like, wow. It's just, it's the power of and networking. It takes time. It just, yeah, that's awesome. it takes time. Mm-hmm. And you're playing the long game. Another thing I love to do, like, I'll go to networking events. This is one of my favorites, and I won't be able to touch the whole room. But when people are going to networking events, they want to meet people, right? And so all let's just say the networking event as at, I don't know, a local restaurant. And I'll go to the local restaurant's Instagram later that night and I'll see everyone that got reposted that was at that networking event. And I'll shoot them a message. Hey, so sorry I missed you. I'd love to grab coffee or lunch. Like you're not going to touch the whole room. Like that is, those people were there because they wanted to meet people. And you don't have to meet the whole room, but it's a great opportunity for you to like find those people and create a relationship outside of that. Another one that I love to do is like going to my local coffee shop and, you know, I'll genuinely will compliment someone on like, Hey, I love your shoes. And they're like, Oh, thanks so much. I'm like, you have great sense of style. Like I own an interior design firm. And if someone wants to bite on that, great. But like, You'd be surprised. Be like, oh, no way. Like, blah, 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 blah. Like, it's just Mm -hmm. all these little, it doesn't take a lot Mm -hmm. to do. It's low Mm -hmm. energy. uh, And it's not your typical expectation of networking per se. But any way for you to like. Real human. Yeah. Yeah. Just like any way for you to be able to connect and like share what you do. And I think that our networking has really been a big proponent aside from Instagram of like our recent growth that we've had over this last year is truly once I hired someone for social, it allowed me to come up for air and spend more time doing what I'm talking about doing. Yeah, you need space to let those ideas expand in, you know, in scale, in in ambition, like how big they get. Like you need room for that. And we're we're we hear that over and over from every so many designers. How am I supposed to do everything? How it's like, no, literally you're not. There is no magic system, no matter how great your asana is, no matter how great all of it, like it's not going to do that. There's no magic wand. Like it's just make space, whether it's with a team or people to help you, you know, use whatever nest egg you got from one project to pay for the next stage of growth that you need. Like it's not magically just going to appear unless we kind of will it into existence and being like genuine to that. You're really good about it. I watch what you're doing. I see what you're doing of like getting out there like you and can't making be an space introvert. for it. Like you you're not. No. Even if you said you no, were you're you're doing not. It. like it's just like you're out doing it and you know that this is where your energy is better spent instead of like, sure, let me get all in on these little tear sheets and whatever. It's like I'm not saying you don't do that. You probably do, but it's like if there's a another thing for you to be doing instead, you're going to do that instead. You're going to pick being out, being the face of your business, marketing your business, getting in front of people who can help you grow, help you learn, answer questions about technical stuff. Like that's where our energy is like sort of kind of switching over from that doer 
con- individual contributor role to be- being more of a creative director and the CEO of your company. And it is a whole shift in behaviors and emotion. Yeah. And I heard something the other day and it was like the hustle that got you to where you are is not going to get you to the next step. And it Mm. is so true. Like you hustle your butt off doing everything yourself, like being scrappy, like getting things done quickly. Like, and in order to get to that next level, like you have to take a step back. You have to have patience. You have to delegate. You have to really find and hire people who are better at doing that job than you are Mm -hmm. in order for you to continue to grow the business. And I've really like taken that very seriously over the last like year and a half of like, I want to build, I want to build a business for my team where they are even better at what they do and that superpower than I am. And I'm going to be really great at my superpower to be able to grow together and build this firm. And my superpower, by all means, don't get me wrong, I have a natural eye for design, but like my superpower is building the operation side of this business. And I really want for my team who is super aesthetically talented to have the opportunity to showcase that. So I'm going to bring them the op- that, those opportunities to showcase that. I'm going to work alongside them to grow and help and develop them. But it's really been about hiring people who are experts at what they do because I don't want to do things 10, 10 things really like 10 things good. I rather do like three things really great. And I want that for my team as well. I'm absorbing. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I've been through several, (laughs) I've been through several phases. So we have, this happens a lot on shows where we're just like, oh man, like, Push, push, because it's where you hit your, where you know you're at your own discomfort levels, and you're like, don't do the knee jerk reaction of like, Mm -hmm. I'm not gonna do that. I'm gonna do the opposite thing that I always (laughs) do, and that's 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 the problem. Is like, I don't, I'm not gonna believe that that's true, but you know it. Like when you know it's true, like you said, your gut is already telling you the right thing. You're, but you're going like we as humans don't like change. We don't like discomfort. So we like doing the same things over again because they're predictable. Even if we know they're going to create discomfort, like me doing all my own social media is going to be uncomfortable. I don't have enough time and I'm not going to show up how and when and as much as I want. But at least I know that's what's going to happen. And so I'm picking that familiar route again. I'm going back to the ex boyfriend. Like it's just going to keep happening. And I think that's like, it's it's fun while it lasts until it's not, you know? And so mm-hmm. I think a lot of designers, myself included, need to keep hearing the like, do the opposite, do the thing that you already did the stuff that got you to where you are. Now you have to do something else. Now it's a different got thing. It. Or just try one thing that's hard and improves. Like I'm just like, I'm always iterating and I have to just look at small things. Like on our last episode I talked about, I had to change my bookkeeper. And that was like really hard. But it's so necessary. And like sometimes you just have to rip off the band-aid and do the hard thing if that's the biggest problem. Mm-hmm. I have to constantly remind myself that the problems I have today, I would have loved to have those problems two yeah. months ago, even three months ago. Like, you know, like yeah. I have to remind myself that the problems I have today, I would have been kicking to have six months ago, you know? So it's all perspective. Yeah. So if you could go back, like, I know you kind of have a short trajectory of getting here, but what what process do you wish you had in place first? Like we have some designers that are just kind of starting. Cut, yeah. So I always heard in the beginning, like, track your time. And I was kind of like so. passively... You do. Yeah, I know. I hate to say it. (laughs) No, Um, it's totally true. Passively saying it, uh, putting numbers to Excel, but like, especially coming from I myself was not classically trained as a designer. I had no idea how long it would take me to do something. I wasn't, then I brought people on and I was pricing my services. And honestly, I was in the red 
because I was like, oh, I'm going to price it this. And then I had no idea or guardrails of how long it should take someone. So like Mm. I was spending more, I was making no money. Essentially, I was spending more in labor than I was even what I was charging clients in the very beginning. So Mm. I would say that download a time tracking app, track your time, figure out how long it takes you so that when you bring someone on and you hire them, you can let them know, Hey, you know, when I designed a kitchen, it, it took 20 to 25 hours. Here's how long you have as creatives. It's so easy for people to, they'll spin their wheels all day. If you give them no, mm-hmm. you know, if you don't give them a, any type of time frame, they'll perfect it till they're blue in the face. So I think 100%. that, yeah, like you've got to give yourself a bumper, like some guardrails and tracking your time in order to hire is so essential to understand what it costs you to run your business. So I wish I would have started tracking my time earlier on because I did have, you know, a time where it wasn't petals and roses and it took I was operating on like octagon wheels, not even square wheels for the love of goodness. Like, <laughs> I was on I was on this rickety train just trying to like get by. So I would say, you know, I wish I would have known to track your data and just to know that like too that your your chapter 5 is not the same as someone's chapter 21. Like, Mm -hmm. just know that. Like, I remember I like tried to buy like inventory at one of my markets because I was like, oh, I have all these like, I see all these interior designers with like e-commerce shops and like, I've got all these big installs. Like, I'll be able to place the product. Like, this makes sense. Like, other people are doing it. And I was like, cute. That was cute. That was really cute. And the matter of two, when I bought all this like accessory inventory was during COVID, none of it came in time for my installs. Like I was still scrambling, running around to retail stores, trying to get accessories. Then all my accessories come and I'm like, oh, well, I bought all these accessories (laughs) for these installs. Now I don't even have have an e-commerce site to sell it on. Like that was cute. Like (laughs) just know that like, you know, just because you see these larger firms who have, and just so you know, I want to touch, I don't want to touch retail with a 10 foot pole. Like I have zero interest in doing that. But like Mm -hmm. in the beginning I was like, oh, well people are able to sell these styling things. I'll buy them too. And I'll be able to put them in my installs. Like if you don't, anyways, the moral of the story is, is like, don't compare your chapter five to someone's chapter 21. And I think Mm -hmm. that like, that's super important to realize very early on. And I wish I would have known too, like how, how much connecting with your community is so helpful. And I wish I would have like leaned on my community earlier on, like connecting with other interior designers and like making it known that like, Hey, I'm new. Like I'm willing to take on an in-home consultation if you don't want to take that on. And I wish I would have built those relationships earlier on. Cause I think it could have like helped me from just like an emotional support standpoint being a new business owner yeah. and then yeah. also could have helped my business. But I didn't, you know, I didn't necessarily figure that out till later on. Those probably be three things I wish I would have known. Track your time. Your chapter five is not someone's chapter 21. And like, don't be afraid to try to like connect with designers of your same size, designers who are maybe a little bit larger, like connect with your community because it's so impactful in the long run to your emotional health and your business uh, financial totally. health. And I- Absolutely. And I've said this before, if you don't have a community or there isn't one already established, like in Sacramento, there's an interior designers Facebook group of the Sacramento interior designers, which is great and helpful for like resources and vendors and stuff. But make your own, like you can make your own community, invite designers to a happy hour. Just that's what we did when, before we started happy hour design collective. And you just, people are like, they definitely want to come. They're gravitated towards it. So yeah, you all follow I, each other on Instagram. Just say, hey, I'm thinking about doing this. Do you want to come? And they'll come. I promise you they'll come. Yeah, because yes. misery, misery loves company. I'm kidding. I'm joking. We all, I'm joking. Alone. <laughs> yeah, we all feel alone. Let's be real. Yeah, that's, I mean, so much of our time is spent on like, this is so awful. How do I respond? Why, are, yeah. why am I doing this? Yeah. Who's and whose idea was this? Why did I sign up for it? And now how do I get out of it? That like, was that's my a lot idea. Of what we do. Oh, oh shoot, that was my idea. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I suggested I did this, this to and now myself. I realize why I don't want to do it. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, and I something that I did too, because again, I'm not from I'm not from here. You know, I started a little like small women's networking group. 
And I just connected with other small business owners. Like in the, at the end of the day, like whether it's the design community or it's the agnostic aspect of just business, like as cheesy as that high school musical song is, we're all in this together. Like <laughs> that's what I, I can sing that whole song. So. Oh my gosh. And I can do the dance. Let me just say that I too. Now that I have a nine-year-old. Yeah. Like <laughs> just oh, yeah. The night. yeah. I mean, like that was my true love of Zac Efron started right then and there. So, but anyways, <laughs> it, it is true though, that like, you know, as business owners. And I think that's what a lot of interior designers don't realize. Like I always introduce myself as like, Hey, I own an interior design firm. Like I've got a business that I run. Like I, when people say like, Oh, you know, she's a designer. I'm like, yeah, that's one hat that I wear. But like, I really do lead with like, Mm -hmm. Hey, I run an interior design firm. We've got a team. And I think it's really just like embracing that role. And like giving that era and energy of yourself, right? Like mm. it's, it, it feels different when you say it rather than like, oh, I'm a designer. Like it's like, I own a design firm. And even if yeah. it's just you, own it. Like just, just yeah. you're the owner. Own you, yeah. yeah. I own, I own my own business. Yeah. That is still true. Like this is, yeah. Yeah. So anyhow, I think. I think there's so much to grow. Like we we definitely didn't want to take it the pathway where like of like what are your regrets? So we don't that's not the path. It's more like if I could warn someone else not to take that path, that's the yeah. best thing to do. And I think as designers we have so much of that to share of like you know, it's like your mom, you're not going to listen to your mom tell you not to do something, but when sure. your friends tell you don't do it, you're like, okay, like you're listening more because you don't want to hear your parents tell you over and over, don't do the thing or you're going to regret it because it seems preachy. But for some reason, we listen to other interior designers so much more. So thank you for sharing more with our hotties. Yeah, just don't buy lots of accessories if you don't have a place to sell them. Yeah. <laughs> what did you end yeah. up doing with them? You had a sale, I had, right? I had a, yeah, I had a warehouse sale. sale. Yeah, so, and I created a, a great community of met, other interior yeah, designers by designers. doing it. Yeah, exactly. there you go. See, it might have worked oh, out. I bought some stuff at that. Like, you never know. Like, that's the thing is, someone doesn't need forty of something, but designers are like, I, I'm always going to need some of something. So there really is like, back to Rebecca's idea of that market. There's a market out there for designers who are sick of driving to like forty, forty Pottery Barn, West Elm, CB2. Like, we're all tired of that, but there's no one easy place to make that happen, unfortunately. So. Who's, who's running? Who's going to start that business idea? We just need yeah, someone so- who has a passion for retail, <laughs> who really does want to do that for it. But it's just, I, I, it feels like a lot of us don't want retail. So no, we'll, no, we'll keep trying to find someone who wants it. No. Eventually they'll pop up. Not for me. That's a no for me, dog. Ali- Besides that, I know, Ali, that's something you are passionate about. You're going to be doing some more education this fall. It's already sold out, which is fantastic, but you're going to be at the Haven Workshop in October. And that filled up wildly fast and is already gone. Um, And so I'm sure they're host planning another. Don't they do it twice a year? Yeah, uh, spring and a fall. So before we know it, they'll be launching spring and that will be another event they fill up. But you're also going to be sharing more with designers there about process and where you're at. And I'm sure that's going to be an epic week that you're with the Haven Workshop. Yeah. I'm like, you know, I was so like shocked when the Haven Workshop asked me if I wanted to be a part of that community. So I was like, <coughs> excuse me, I've had two glasses of Chardonnay. Is this for real? Like, is this <laughs> Don't for say real? Don't say it unless you mean it. Like- yeah, exactly. I was like, I was like, if you change your mind tomorrow morning, like I totally get it. Like, you know, I was just like, I was so humbled. But I think it's going to be a really cool experience to show people that like, hey, I was very much in your seat like a year and a half ago. I always Mm -hmm. tell people at, you know, workshops, classes, anything that you're like exploring as further education is like, you're going to get, you're going to get, I don't even know how to use words today. You're going to get out of it what you come prepared, like looking for. So like I Mm -hmm. go, I came to those things like with very specific answers and took some time to like reflect what I was looking for. You can't Mm -hmm. expect it to just like come to you. You kind of have to think about like, what do I want to get out of this? And there's so much opportunity to do that at Haven because like 
there's like individual, not individual, but there's like these dinners where everyone sits at a long table and there's these open conversations outside of these like structured courses that you can come with those burning questions and like to be able to have an opportunity to give back as others did for me when I was an attendee. I was like, oh yeah, sign me up because I, I mean, they helped me so much with all these burning questions. But Mm. yeah, I probably will be slightly nervous as I am for all new things that I do, but I'm just going to, you know, show up like authentically to who I am. And I never try to like act like I know it all. And I'm always trying to build and refine. And I'm just super pumped to be able to have an opportunity to stand alongside. Like, I mean, are you freaking kidding me? This lineup, like Katie Monkhouse, like Mm. Nicole from I for pretty. And then like, AEF interiors, like what? <laughs> oh, so you're right weird. up there with it's them. So weird. But uh, yeah, I'm very humbled, just like super excited. So, I mean, there's amazing other incredible speakers, just so you know. There's other incredible speakers, photographer, a stylist, Renee from Tandem that's, that are going to be there. But to be able to be an interior design business owner standing amongst those two ladies, I'm just like, WTF. Like, so cool. Pinch me moment. It's going to be fantastic. I know you're going to have fun. You're going to enjoy it. I think it's going to be beautiful. And it's it's just like full circle to know, like, it's those pinch me moments where we know you put in so much work, so much energy, and you finally start to see it come together. And you're like, okay, it, what, okay what's next? What's my next shoe to drop? How do I plan it? Like, I, we get it. We're all realists. And we're all thinking, like, it's never you don't want to like forget to count your blessings and take your time and just enjoy it. So definitely take your time to enjoy it. It's fantastic. And thank you for sharing so much with our listeners and with us today too. That's really awesome. And we'll put a bunch of links in show notes. If you guys don't look at our show notes, we kind of put a lot of stuff in there. Sometimes people forget, I think. It's like the secret Easter egg. (laughs) So your mini mastermind that we kept talking about, that is on replay. So you can repurchase it if you're interested and that'll be in there too. Cool. Yeah. Thanks guys so much for having me again. I'm just like every time, like I have an opportunity to like, I don't know, jump on the podium and be able to share like my story and my experiences that hopefully will help other people. I'm super appreciative. And what you guys are doing for this community is like absolutely incredible. And it really like listening to podcasts was a lot of what gave me the confidence to get into this industry because of how much wealth of knowledge that was being shared. And so I'm just excited to be able to pay it forward. So thank you guys for doing what you do. Absolutely. Thank, thank you. you. Oh, sweet sentimental moment we're ending on. Oh, <laughs> we got to fit one in and then we'll put again, like we'll put everything in the show notes for everybody to get back to. But if you're not following Ali, give her a holler. Ali, where can they follow you on Instagram? Yeah. So check us out at AEF Interiors. Yeah, you'll catch lots of reels, the dog, the marketing manager at the office showing all about the process. <laughs> uh, so join the crazy yeah, train, join the party. Huntley's the best. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> you guys uh, got to check it out. Yeah, hopefully. Thanks for following along if you do. I really appreciate it, guys. Very cool. So until next time, stay hot, designers. Thanks for listening to the Hot Young Designers Club podcast. For more on what we talked about today, check out the show notes. Your support helps us grow, so share with your design besties. And subscribe and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Our conversations continue on Instagram. And be sure to download our monthly resources on our website and our Patreon. 